Welcome and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Marvin Telemontis, the pastor of River Rock Fellowship. Hope this inspires you and builds up your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. You know, I just really love Christmas. I love the whole Christmas season. I love everything about it. For most of us, it's a season filled with memories of childhood and home and loved ones and lots of great treats and food. We almost feel like we're kids all over again as we remember the way things used to be. It's a time of remembering those who are dear to us. We want to see them. We want to talk with them and be with them if possible. It's a time of being grateful for the new additions in our family, those who recently got married or or the new babies that are born. We have our very first grandchild. You know that there are more phone calls made on Christmas, even on Christmas Day, than on any other day of the year. Some of us may have lost a loved one this past year who was a vital part of the family. And now they're gone. And because of that, there will be feelings of loss and sorrow and grief. But because of those feelings, it's through family and friends and the Holy Spirit who can get us through it. And your church family, whatever you do, don't go through this season alone. They're all there for you to hold you up. Let's pray as we open up today. Father, we thank You for Your goodness and Your grace. Lord, for those who are celebrating the Christmas season, Lord, may we sing and celebrate with them. And for those, Father, who may be grieving loss, Lord, may we be there for them as well. For Lord, the truth is, You said You would never leave us or forsake us. And You're always there for us. At the top of a mountain, or at the lowest valley. O Holy Spirit, come. Show yourself strong in this Christmas season. In Jesus' holy name, amen. I want to read the Christmas story to us. Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds, living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. So it was, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying 
in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all those things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. That's the story. A big part of the story. Of course, there's more bits and pieces to it. And like I started with Christmas, saying that it truly is special. It's a time of those memories and and making memories. A time to be joyful. More than at any other time of the year, we open our hearts. We open up our lives. We give freely. We're generous of ourselves to others. No wonder our memories are so precious to us. And because of our love of family and our friends, that's why the real Christmas story is so vital. To not only our personal faith, but the responsibility for us to give that story to our family, to our friends, so that we in turn can teach it, and they in turn can teach it. That's why the nativity set is such an incredible tool. There are all the main characters in that nativity set. There's the Mary and the Joseph and the shepherds and the angels, the wise men. Well, by the way, those guys didn't show up to the story until after Jesus was a few years old. But they were all there. And it's easy to be able to describe the story to a child or even to an adult. But the shepherds, wow, they have a very popular part in the Christmas story. And we see them at Christmas church dramas every year. All around the world, maybe you yourself have actually been a shepherd. It's during this time in the Bible that the culture had a very low view of a shepherd. They were considered loners and thought to be a very smelly, low-class type of people. Even though the greatest king of Israel was himself... A shepherd. David was a shepherd. Here's some more background about the shepherds. Typically, young males were often left to tend the sheep. But not always. See, this group of shepherds in Bethlehem, well, they were professional shepherds. Many scholars even suggest that they were actually caretaking the sheep that would be used at the Passover holiday for the sacrificial lamb and those ceremonies. It could quite possibly be true. And the reason for that is because historical documents from the the Meshua, the Tamal, they tell us that the sheep of sacrifice were tended to in the fields of Bethlehem. Hmm. 
the same fields that David would have tended for his father's sheep a thousand years before. Well, let's go back to the Christmas story that we just read out of Luke 2. And let's break it down. Let's do an expository, so to speak. Let me pull a few applications out of this text of the shepherds. So starting at verse 8, we'll say 8a, so to speak. Shepherds living out in the fields, it said. This speaks about complete commitment. I mean, there was no part-time work here. They're sleeping at their place of work to care for those sheep. Then it says, keeping watch over. Now that phrase, the shepherds were always on the lookout for not only the bad wolves, but also the good stuff that would be needed. Where's the water? Where's the next best field? They're even looking out for thieves. And then it says, their flock by night shows that there was a sense of stewardship, of ownership, of responsibility for these sheep. Now let's go to verse 9. It said, and behold, you could have actually another version that says, and then suddenly, I mean, it kind of gives you the idea of boom. I mean, it just came out of nowhere. I mean, these are the strong, silent type. These guys are not are going to face bears and and lions and thieves. But, and behold, three things happened when that boom, when that suddenly moment happened. Number one, an angel of the Lord stood before them. Number two, the glory of the Lord shone all around them. And number three, boom, they were surrounded. Make no mistake, they were greatly surrounded afraid and i mean so would have i been well verses 10 through 12 their initial reaction and response wasn't to celebrate and to rejoice it was just like you just like me if we're honest was to be scared they had never seen they don't know what's going on it's in the middle of night it's dark and all of a sudden now it's really becoming bright And then there's a divine, there's an angel. God's angel shows up with good news. And man is afraid. Why? Because understandably so, for the last 400 years, God and all of His angelic hosts have been silent. There's been no happenings from the divine for 400 years. So now we get to verse 10. And the angel says, do not be afraid. Why? Well, then he explains. I bring you good tidings of great joy. Whew! Man, good news. A measurable joy. And then it says, which will be to all people. Meaning this is a universal scope. This is, no one is to be left behind. Everybody gets to go. Then it says, born to you. This event is personal. Born to you, not just to the shepherds, but to you, to me, to everyone. A gift. 
A Savior, it says. A Savior. A Rescuer. From what? From the destruction of sin. My sin. Your sin. Everyone's sin. Who is Christ the Lord? The angel says. He's, he's declaring the credentials of Jesus the baby. There's no gospel, folks, if Jesus is not God. If Christ is not God, there's no need for any of these events or holidays. If the Bible would exclude Christ from being God Himself, then the Bible would just be a book of great myth and poetry. But the world knows, if it's honest, Jesus is not a myth. Jesus is exactly who He said He is. He is the Lord, God Almighty. God wants to embrace us. He wants to show you how much He loves you. And it began on Christmas. The very first Christmas. The world needs saving. And the only one qualified is Jesus Christ the Lord. Remember, all have sinned and all have come short of the glory of God, but not Jesus. And that's good news. For you, for me, for everyone. Because Jesus, like I said, is Christ the Lord. So let's go to verse 12. And this will be a sign to you. Now here's a quick insight. Don't ask God for a sign. If you need a sign, God will provide it without you asking for it. The shepherds didn't ask for a sign. And yet one was provided for them because God knew they would need one. So if you need a sign, God will provide it without you asking. This phrase, the, the angel's making it clear that he intends that the shepherds are to go and to see. So it says here in the next phrase, in, let's say 12b, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger? A manger? You mean an animal's feeding trough for a bed? Wow. I mean, the shepherds are being wrapped in the glory of God and Jesus is being wrapped in rags and laid down in a feeding trough. When I talk about humbleness. See, the manger in many ways could be thought of as an ark, like the Ark of the Covenant, where the presence of the Lord is. The stable... An unclean place can now be thought of the holies of holies. Why? Because wherever the Lord dwells, that becomes the holies of holies. Does Jesus dwell in you today? Before Christ, we are all unclean. Unclean vessels, unclean places. But after we welcome Him into our lives, our bodies literally become 
a temple of the Most High. The barn, the manger, were things, were places that average people would feel very comfortable to approach. All would feel free to approach a barn, all except the arrogant and the proud. The shepherds. They would most definitely feel comfortable and confident going to a barn. See, God has made Himself incredibly approachable even though He is the Master of the universe. He wants you to approach, to come to Him. Well, let's look at verses 13, 14. And it's as if the angelic host, they could no longer contain themselves. And they just burst through and and they show themselves and they begin to just worship and they sing out what appears to be the very first Christmas carol. Wow. And what theology in that Christmas carol there is. It was truth right from heaven, right to earth. And suddenly, verse 13, there was the angel A multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God, saying, right? Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Toward? Meaning it's coming from God. Peace? Peace between God and man. True peace. God is greeting mankind and saying, I'm coming in peace. God wants to come to you in peace, not in wrath, not in hatred, not in anger. Let's look at another part of verse 15. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven. You know, the exiting of the angels, I just don't think it was the same as the entrance of the host of God's angels. I think they just showed up like another boom! And here I think they were so excited. I don't think they quickly vacated or exited. And notice how the shepherds acted after all of this happened with the angel and all of the, the, the host of the angelic. And all of a sudden, it reads how, because now the shepherds, they're going to act out of faith, not out of speculation, not out of doubt, but out of faith. Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. This was a mission, not to verify if this was true. This was faith, because they wanted to see this thing that had already come to pass, that it was true. There was no doubt in in any of these shepherds' hearts. Looking at verse 16, they came with haste. Here's just another reason to verify that they were operating out of faith. They hurried. It's another confirmation. Verse 17, you know, when they had seen him, when they had seen him, who? Joseph? No. Mary? No. When they had experienced, had encountered, had seen Jesus. The baby, Jesus, 
the message of Christmas overtook them. And everywhere they went, they told everybody what had happened. Everything they could remember, they said it over and over again. They evangelized for the cause of Christ. And when you, when you have an encounter, when you experience Jesus, you will not be able to contain it. You'll have to tell somebody of what He did in your life. You'll never be the same. Verse 17, part B. They made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. Wow, at that very first Christmas where the shepherds encountered Jesus, they shared the good news. Verse 19, but Mary... Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. I mean, think about it. She just gave birth. And here's Mary, who has been facing people all around her, giving her the stink eye, accusing her of being an adulteress. I mean, threats of the community that were going to stone her for being unfaithful to Joseph. Wow. And then all of a sudden, after giving birth, these shepherds, these strangers, they, they just show up at the barn? How do they even know that we're here? How did they even know that I was going to give birth? And they come in, and they're worshiping, and they're celebrating. Can you not imagine some of them dropping to a knee and tears coming out of their face? Their eyes. All she could do was ponder so she would not forget one thing. She would have it in her memory. Verse 20. Then the shepherds returned. What are they doing? They're glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Who's to say I mean, seriously, who's to say that maybe the shepherds continue to watch from afar this family, this Mary, this Joseph, this Jesus, this baby growing up. Remember, they're the ones who are the caretakers of the sheep that would be used for sacrifice at Passover in Jerusalem, only a few miles away. And then after 33 years, Jesus is no longer a babe. He's a man. It's not unreasonable to think that some of them were still alive and that as they had watched this young man become famous and do miracles and teach with authority, and then all of a sudden, on that Good Friday, they saw Jesus on a cross. They saw the Lamb of God being sacrificed. Can you imagine how their memory might have drawn back to that barn and seeing that babe lying in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes? And how that angel had come and the the host of angels singing that chorus. And now Jesus is on the cross. Hmm. 
But Sunday was coming. You see, church, you don't get anything from Christmas without Easter. Because of the resurrection, those two become incredibly knitted together. We get greatness from Christmas because of the greatness of Easter. Remember, remember, Christmas means nothing without Easter. In spite of COVID and fires and riots and politics, Christmas is the birth of more than just a child. It's the birth of our Savior from sin, our sin, and the sin of the world. So hope and joy and peace and love be yours this Christmas season. Father, I pray for each and every person who's watching today. Lord, maybe you, may we stop and say, do I treat Christmas like the shepherds? Do I have faith and believe the Word of God about baby Jesus who became the Savior of the world because He went to the cross for my sins? Oh God, bless Your people. Lord, fill them with joy, with hope, with peace, with Noel. Father, your will, your way. In Jesus' holy name, amen. God bless. Well, we hope this message helps you to take your next step closer to Jesus. Here's a great question to ask yourself right now. How will I be different because of what I just heard today? Well, for more info about us, go to rrf.church or find us on Facebook. I'm Pastor Marvin thanking you for taking the time to join us.